eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're tuned into It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati, the top podcast covering the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. Hosted by Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata at Odyssey Sports Podcast. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Lindsey? I'm great. It's Thursday. We've been wanting to talk about this game for a while. I didn't have it circled on the calendar because there were so many games in 2022 that were going to be must-watch games and even 2023 because you get the Bills game on January 2nd. But we knew this was going to be a huge, huge matchup. What I love about it is they're talking. They're fired up. They're ready to go. Not a whole lot of talking, but just a few here and there, everybody knows what happened um, if you were living under a rock and you didn't have social media. Justin Reed, uh, safety for the Chiefs, who wasn't on the team last year. So really important. Tyron Matthew replacement, basically, yeah. Yeah, which they, t- I think Jamar Chase got him fired, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, I know that they, they, I think they wanted to extend him and then they just couldn't meet, um, get a deal. And obviously he went to New Orleans, went back home to Louisiana. But at the same time, uh, he was talking. Talking to the locker room, that happens. Guys are hyped up. A lot of people love that confidence going into a matchup. When you play defense, you think about this team that you're going to face, and I'm sure he's heard a lot about this matchup. He knows what happened last season with Kansas City, even though he wasn't on the roster. And he just messes up a quote terribly. Like, he just goes off on different players, not knowing who they are, calling somebody who's not even on the roster in Cincinnati tries to clarify it. The reporter says a name and he just goes with it. And then, um, and then it was kind of a little bit of a social media drama with some of the Bengals wide receivers and DJ reader seeing it later. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, players and coaches, they're more likely to know the number of opposing players than they are the names. So I think that's where the issue started where he was watching film probably you know there's a possibility he just doesn't but um he calls the right number he says 88 and he's a safety so he's gonna line up over a tight end he's not lining up or these outside wide receivers pretty much ever if he does something went wrong um so he says 88 and then he says higby and i don't know why he says higby as if that's he's never been on the Bengals. but anyway he clearly means a tight end but then the reporter just 
in in an act of clickbait, says Higgins, and because he's struggling with an H name, he meets Hayden Hurst, and there's there's a case the reporter made the honest mistake. I thought you meant Higgins. He didn't, but he but then Justin Reed just rolls with it, and he says Higgins is soft, not a good blocker, which. That would be the most deranged trash talk of a wide receiver. That a wide receiver is not a good blocker. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. That's my kind of thought. Is just like, yeah, there's like some good blocking wide receivers. Who cares? But to a tight end, that's an actual insult. So again, he meant the tight end. He meant Hayden Hurst, and he actually clarified on Twitter he meant Hurst. But I just think it's hilarious. The reporter got an entire story that probably got thousands of views just because he suggested Higgins and then wrote about how he said he's going to shut down T Higgins. Well, there was a reason he linked his story at the bottom of the tweet. Oh yeah. It was immediate. Like, I mean, and he was just going all with it. Like, yeah, that's what he meant. I mean, but you know, I don't know for me personally, I'd probably delete the tweet cause I wouldn't want to look like that person that had the whole entire Spreading player wrong. misinformation on the internet, but Hey, he got his quote tweets. Um, what I, what I semi liked about it. Cause I thought about it. I'm like, look, you're not going to see Joe Burrow. You're not going to see Patrick Mahomes uh, going at it on Twitter or anything like that. Joe Burrow actually said that uh, Patrick Mahomes is the best right now, and and I would agree. And in, in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes is playing like the I best. Mean, does Burrow have any beef with any quarterback? Like I know the Bengals fans have beef with every other elite quarterbacks fans because they spend all day debating that. <laughs> but I don't think Joe Burrow actually has any beef no, with another quarterback. Like. I'm waiting for the moment where he, they ask him about somebody and he goes like, well, he's just not very good or something like that. So like, oh, there's somebody, there's somebody out there he doesn't like. But that's what I kind of like about Jamar Chase. And he didn't say that about Patrick Mahomes, but Jamar Chase has this confidence where he says it. And sometimes he'll have a little laugh with it or he just says it and it's very casual. He said it in his uh, press conference. They had him at the podium, which I thought was a very big deal for the Bengals media to put him at the podium. Normally they are in the locker room, unless you are the quarterback or the head coach on the Wednesday press conference day. And obviously everybody wanted to talk to Jamar Chase. He's back. He's back at practice. He was limited last week, still limited as of Thursday to be determined if he goes against the Kansas city chiefs, but all eyes are pointing on his return being that game is uh, one of the reporters asked him a question and they said, do you feel like you can be your explosive self again? And he goes, I'm going to stop you right there. And uh, he said, you know, hell yeah, I'm going to be explosive. I'm going to be, I'm going to be just fine. Um, and just has that confidence about him. Well, Jamar sees this on social media from Justin Reed, and he said in the locker room today he he wouldn't have said anything, but it was the whole going to shut down everyone out there when he hears that from from a defender on the Kansas City Chiefs. And, you know, he, he just kind of had fun with it on social media, uh, went back and forth just a little bit. Tyler Boyd goes in there, throws a skunk in a, in a smiley face emoji. DJ all, the, all those meant stink. Uh, I just want to clarify. I think some people thought that the tuna in a can one meant um, a, 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 a soft, uh, uh, but not in a good way. <laughs> you know, like a, like, like a, a a derogatory term for that. They all meant stink. They they, yeah. they all meant that he stinks. The skunk means he stinks. I just want to clarify emoji gate there. There was a lot of people Googling what everything meant. <laughs> tuna in a can. Players yeah. were saying. And um, yes, no, I don't, I think that they were, you know, they were obviously just going back, having a little fun there. And the thing is, if I'm Joe Burrow, Joe's not, again, Joe Burrow's not reading or seeing any of this. He's probably having a good laugh about it. I'm going to Hayden Hurst that first ball. I'm going to Hayden Hurst right down. I'm just where, wherever he is, I'm going to him. And, and Funny, I, just, I think I'd run. I think I would really? run. 
and try to get somebody uh, blocking on Reed. I if I it. if I cared about the whole comment, in they might not. They that stuff doesn't really, you know, into your game plan how your offense is going to look. You want to score points, so whoever's mm -hmm. open, that's who you're going to go to when it comes to Zach Taylor, Brian Callahan, Joe Burrow. But um, I just think of that because uh, he said he's not a blocker, and I was like, okay, so like have a play in there. I don't know something. I don't. You have to understand that Reed might not even be in the box, so my strategy might be terrible. <laughs> he might be way back there as a single high safety. It's like, all right, well, nobody's blocking him on this one. I guess we're just running a run player. But like, I don't know. Like, I think like you run two tight ends, and then you run like a, a duo or um, some type of play where you're gonna try to get your tight end blocking downfield, maybe onto. Justin Reed. And I just think that'd be fun. I think that'd be fun to be like, okay, he's not a blocker. Let's see what happens. I, I love everything about it because it reminds me when I was growing up, Chad Johnson was on the team and the Bengals were finally good again. For a lot of people, they were terrible in the nineties. Everybody remembers when they were in the Super Bowl uh, late in the eighties. I, I don't, <laughs> but, uh, but in the two thousands, they started to get better when Marvin Lewis took over and Carson Palmer was here and Chad Johnson and Chad Johnson would talk. And he was a talker. I mean, Twitter wasn't a big thing, or I don't even think it was actually created when he was here, or that would have been a whole nother uh, fun social media platform for Chad Johnson to have. And it kind of just gave me that vibe again, where I loved it. I loved the confidence. Believe me, I, I take the Bengals playmakers over, sorry, Kansas City, your defenders as of now. We'll get to our, our prediction preview, all of that later in the podcast. But I, I love that Jamar Chase sees that. And I trust his confidence. It's fun to watch him on the field. He's proven against this defense what he can do. And um, I think he can talk the talk back if he would like to. And it's just kind of fun to have that guy again. He's not Chad Johnson the way he talked, but but I liked it. My favorite moment of this whole thing, hey, Hayden Hurst responded. We can talk about that too. Yeah. My favorite moment of the entire beef is what uh, I'm, I'm checking real quick. Clemson and South Carolina played, and I think South Carolina won. Yep, that's what happened. Right? Okay. And uh, T. Higgins, in one of the greatest moments of <laughs> what, circumstance, like, what he's, were the chances? he's just doing his interview and Hayden Hurst gives him the South Carolina jersey because that was like their bet. And I mean, maybe they're playing into, into it a tiny bit, but I was just like, that's the guy he mistaked, uh, that the reporter mistaked that. Justin Reed meant, and then that's the guy that Justin Reed meant when he was saying all this. So it's just hilarious that it looks like T. Higgins is like going to war for Hayden Hurst by getting the jersey. And it's like, I think this was all circumstantial. Well, it did make headlines, and T wore the jersey in the locker room for a little while while he's playing uh, ping pong and everything, and he just kept it on. But I do love that because they were just going about it as the day that he exchanged the jersey because the players do that if i think it's true i think that is what happened yeah but but i but i i love that it happened today yeah I yeah that's what i mean that like the circumstances of it that they did it today and yes there's a chance that it is that they are playing into a tiny bit but i was just like they were gonna do this anyway so yeah, they like, were. it's just funny that it happened today hayden hearst's response i thought was uh it was, it was pretty i'd be i'd feel mildly intimidated <laughs> I mean, Hayden Hurst compared to Reed. I'm sorry. I, I would take, I take Hayden. What's did the, you see what's what Hayden size Hurst did? Of, Hayden Hurst is actually a decent size. He just has short arms. But, but I think you, you, you talk about that block and Hayden Hurst just comes off a game where he just had a really intense block in the Titans game. And I'm like, oh, play that on loop to, to <laughs> say this guy can't block. <laughs> 
Aiden Hurst is six foot four, two hundred fifty pounds, and Justin Reed is six foot one, two hundred seven pounds. All right, you get three inches. Even though that they do kind of, um, their heights are a little bit. I feel like they give them a little extra height on those websites. So you don't think he's six four? In shoes. In shoes, you're right. In shoes, he's okay. probably six four. Is Wait, Reed maybe. is Reed six one? You could say that, and I believe there's a, a range of fights. I don't think you could tell me he's 6'3", and I don't think you could tell me he's 5'10". I believe 6'1". <laughs> I haven't watched much. He used to play for the he played for the Texans the last, like, four years. I watched him, like, his second season, rookie season, because he was pretty good. And yeah. then nobody watched the Texans after that because they were abysmal, especially on defense. And then he goes to KC. I just haven't really – I don't have that much time anymore, so I don't watch too many other teams. And I was like, I haven't watched Justin Reed. I assume he's still decent. I don't know. <laughs> he's not a star. Let me ask you this because it's just it's it's crazy out there in the streets of Twitter. And there are people who from both sides, but but you really just kind of hear from the Kansas City side that they've had this game circled. And I think that is a compliment to the Cincinnati Bengals. This team that will tell you that they've been to the AFC championship four straight times had you circled on their calendar for this game. You hear from the rivalry, the the Patrick Mahomes versus Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow 2-0 against Patrick Mahomes, even though wins aren't a quarterback stat. Is this a rivalry now? Yeah, but the physical rivalry me is still the Titans and Bengals out of the division. Division is just a bloodbath at all times. Yeah. To varying levels. It's not 2015 level. Um, but I think this is a rivalry, right? Because you don't lose to a team twice in one year, including losing your trip to the Super Bowl. When I'm sure a team that went to the Super Bowl two straight years thought they were destined to just go right back. It reminds me a little bit of like when the Lakers had Kobe and Shaq and you just thought every year, Oh, they're going to win the final or something. And then the Spurs beat them one year. And then that becomes like a thing. And the Kings always lost. To them. <laughs> that was a thing, but I don't know. It reminds me of like those NBA rivalries where, yeah, like the, the chiefs in this scenario are the Lakers. Although if the Bengals are the Kings, they actually went to the championship. That's cool. I don't, it's not a one-to-one -one comparison, but they think they're going every year. Like the, we've got Mahomes. We've got, we had Tyree kill. We have Travis Kelsey. We've got Andy Reid, and then they lose. And like, that's going to make them very upset. And they didn't even get to the Super Bowl. And you would think that the whole season last year would have been a revenge for them because they got their, they got, they got, they lost pretty bad in the last Super Bowl they they were playing in. And look, they do have a ring, they do have a Lombardi, and that's something that Cincinnati does not have. Um, I don't think they're a dynasty yet, but they are. Well, no, they won one Super Bowl. Let's, but you know, you know like, that dynasty talk. You know, if, it's, if you, the Eagles beat the Patriots, are they a dynasty? No. No. <laughs> back in back in like two thousand five, I want to say. Testing my knowledge here of the 2000 Super Bowls. All right, you talk. I am going to figure this out. I will say this. If the Bengals beat the Chiefs again, I think at some point, if it's a rivalry, the other team has to win a game at some point. Oh, wow. I think the Titans game is a rivalry because of just how physical and angry those the, that the, both sides are getting. You know what's the funniest thing? I know we're running out of time in this first segment. The funniest thing to me about these rivalries is the guy who was like audibly upset about the Titans game was Ted Karras, who wasn't a part of the, the game. 
And then the guy who's stirring the pot for the Chiefs is Justin Reed, who wasn't there last year. It's like these new additions are coming in. They're just kind of like adding to the flames of the rivalry. Like you would think these guys are like, no, I don't care about that. I wasn't here, dude. But they're they're the ones who are stirring the pot. Like, it rem- well, it reminds me of Lyle Collins at training camp. Remember when they were oh, with the Rams? Yeah. No. I was like, you weren't even here for the Super Bowl. That one actually worked going backwards because I guess him and um, Leonard Floyd had beef last year when they played uh, like a training camp thing together. They they were fighting and stuff. So I think he just doesn't like Leonard Floyd. That, that's totally fine. That's that's totally <laughs> fine. But no, I, I I like it. But but I I, I just have that to say. I, I think there is something with the Titans right now, and Titans fans feel yeah. exactly how Kansas City did. And it's very wild how all this worked because it went just like that last year in the playoffs. Cincinnati beats the Titans, they upset the number one seed, and then the very next week they have to play the Kansas City Chiefs. So it's just really weird how that deja vu is uh, in the regular season right now. And we're seeing that again with this matchup. But uh, there's still plenty to talk about. Actually, several questions I want to get to in the mailbag. And then we'll get to our prediction of this huge game at Pacor Stadium. Cincinnati playing four of the next six at home. Next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Plenty to get to. A lot of mailbag questions. Thank you so much for sending them over on Twitter. Make sure you're following along. Bengals underscore Sands at LNDS Patterson. We will start with Governor Chief. He says, do you think Lou will try to stop Patrick from the jump or will it be the whole multiple scores ahead and you're, you're just in at halftime. Oh man. I also feel like there's this slight chance. I brought this up on our last podcast that Lou's going to hold a tiny bit back. Just like not a whole schematic thing. Like how they, I don't think he would hold back like a whole, well, I wanted to use this coverage rotation or shell or whatever, but just like I'm saving that blitz, you know, I'm, keeping that bullet in the chamber just so they don't see it. Or I'm, I'm going to, I don't know, maybe he has a, a, a thing with a third and short, like a important third and short. I'll let him have this one because this is the regular season game, but in the, in the postseason, I'm going to do this or something, you know, I'm going to jam Kelsey with a defensive end and have somebody play man coverage and uh safety over the top or something. I don't know. Just, you know, just something in the, in the chamber that I think he might keep in there. Nothing too much, but I think it'll stop him from going all out because he might save it just a tiny bit. 
I but maybe he doesn't. You, you do? Okay. I agree with you because here's the thing. There's two things there. I don't think they can play from behind again. I, I know they have all season. Cincinnati has done it offensively all season. We, we get frustrated. Like, why can't you just play from ahead? Because when they play from ahead, I feel great about them. I feel great about the game, and this they can put it in cruise control. I truly do that. Maybe not just by a 10-point lead. You might have to get more than that to feel comfortable. But I do like that when the offense gets ahead. But defensively, I just – I don't think you could do it again to Kansas City. I don't, and I know they did it twice. I kind of agree. I, I think that's one reason is I think he's going to hold a tiny bit back, but then I just think it is hard. Yeah. It is hard to do that a third time. Like, let him have this regular season one, and then maybe you could do it again on the fourth game if they play him in the AFC Championship or something. I just yeah, – it's so hard to stop this level of offense. Andy Reid, what, the greatest offensive coach in my life, to stop to shut him down another half, I, I don't know. That's so difficult. But if anybody could do it, I, I believe in Anaruma because of what he did the past two times they played him. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I, I trust him to make adjustments at halftime. So we'll always have that in the in the first half. We'll go to Maisel. He says, What is our realistic expectations for Chase? And I'll put a disclaimer if Jamar Chase goes. Um so I hear a lot of people mention snap counts and all sort of stuff and maybe that's to do with cardio although he practiced last week i almost feel like it's probably he's not gonna play 100 of snaps i don't think but i almost think he'll get a lot i don't think he'll be pulled off the field that much if he plays because it's not really the bones healed or it's not right <laughs> i mean i don't want to play doctor but it, can he i think the entire point was they're going to hold him out so he couldn't re-injure it and do that type of thing i don't know though i'm not not a doctor my guess is he's actually going to play quite a bit if he plays so Chase was very honest in his press conference and just what he had told the media was it was the hairline fracture, which I feel like reports were saying that when we heard about it, but there were also reports prior that it was the torn labrum. So I think a lot of people thought, wow, that's a lot to come back from and he can get surgery after the, the season. You hear the Twitter doctors and everybody. And again, not a doctor at all, just going by what he was telling the media. And he had said, and if it and if it was the hairline fracture and the bone did heal within that four to six week period, and which really was the timeline that we're staring at and what was talked about when the injury was announced, he almost he made the decision. He said to Zach Taylor that he made that decision to sit out of the Titans game. And I think that's huge because it obviously is smart to think about your future. If you're not ready to go, I'm not going to put you out there. But he was asked how he was feeling. He said, no pain. I'm smiling. I'm at practice right now. And I agree with you. It might be a snap count because this team has proven they can win with the playmakers they have on the field. It is a different ball game when you're playing the Kansas City Chiefs. So you do need J Jamar Chase healthy out there. But I think it's, I think defensively for the Kansas City Chiefs, even if they know that he's coming off this injury, they're still putting it all on him. That defense is just going to load up on Jamar Chase. And then that you're still getting your receivers out there. And, and and I think that can benefit Cincinnati's offense. If he's not good to go, put your focus on the guys who are open because their defense is going to focus on him. They don't want to deja vu what happened the last time they're at Paycor Stadium. Yeah, I I don't know. Everything I see and hear about Chase's injury from like physical therapists and doctors and everybody that wants to give their two cents for free yeah. uh, is uh, it seems like it's not really a limiting injury. Like he just has to get better. And I assume that with him being cleared, he's better. So I just think the only thing I might hold him back is cardio and, you know, they don't want to throw him in there hundred percent right away. So I think he might play And I'm guessing 
75% of snaps. That would be know. huge. I know it's big. That, that's what I'm saying is that I think he plays a lot if he plays. Like, I, I just, I, I don't think this is like a, a pool hamstring where they have to ease it back in the same way, like a soft tissue thing. I think bones healed. I think he said no labrum tear, right? No, he, he said no. He said it was only a hairline fracture. Yeah, hairline fracture. I would just think it's. I have to Google some stuff. I'm not an expert in this. I feel like I feel weird commenting on it, but I think he plays a lot. Yeah, I I should have Googled. We we got our questions in so late. Uh, I should have Googled hairline fracture. When people come back, how often do they play? Like, just go find a few hairline fractures, see if they played pretty much full snaps when they come back, because that's what I feel like you do. All you have to do is go back to the tweets when everyone announced it was a hairline fracture and everybody would tell you about their high school experience when they had a hairline <laughs> fracture and when they came back. And honestly, Jamar Chase is a different animal. I'm not saying I, I did joke and say he isn't human, but he's a freak. And he, he had the time period, the four to six weeks. He feels great. And he, and he even said that he's like, I'm not putting my body out there if it's not good to go, if I'm not ready to go. And, and he's ready. I think that's such a smart decision for a 22 year old wide receiver. He knows he wants to go off this season. They're having a great season. And then obviously he, ha- he was rookie of the year last year. I think that is telling from the coaching staff, from the medical staff and from Jamar Chase that they're not going to impact his future by, Hey, we need to have him out there for the Kansas city chiefs. This is just the way the schedule worked. It was wasn't because it was the Chiefs. It just just worked out that way. If he wasn't good to go, I don't think he would be out there on Sunday. He has been limited in practice, but honestly, I I don't see him going full go for a while. But you know, we'll find out more with tomorrow's injury reports when it comes to game day status. Zach Taylor very liberal with allowing limited and you know no practice and that stuff. He's not a very you have to get full practice in the play type coach. I'm and I told you I love what they do with Lyle Collins. He does not practice on Wednesdays. And he was back full go today. That's just what they do. It's a rest day. And for a couple of weeks, he didn't practice at all. And he was and well, remember the day he, well, I mean, I'm so glad he was okay, but he had that illness and he was up for like a whole entire week. Yeah. And we're like, man, this guy might not go. And he played yeah. like, yeah, it's not the whole, you have to be a practice every day or you're not playing. And then uh, DJ Reader, there was a little bit of a scare today because he, um, he missed. Not injury related. Yeah, not injury related. Um, it was personal reasons, but he uh, was limited yesterday. But of course, this guy's coming off of an injury. Um, you definitely want to take it easy. And he is expected to go back to practice tomorrow. So that's good news. Hopefully everything's good with DJ Reader. Joel D. White says, how effective is the Chiefs run game with the lineup they have this week? interesting i haven't looked too much into this i'm going to quickly do a quick google i don't think it's that good like there's still just they're a passing team i think their offensive line has actually played under expectations too like everything i see from offensive line guys are kind of like as eh, chiefs offensive line is a little bit of a not like a huge thing but they're a little bit of a disappointment type thing so my guess is it's a little bit underwhelming but i am checking that right this second um that's taking me a second, though. <laughs> I feel like, you know, the biggest thing we heard last year, which is wild when you think about the Chiefs run game, is they went away from the run game and it really just screwed them up at the at, at the AFC Championship and in the uh, the game in Cincinnati where everyone's like, you could have controlled the clock. And they didn't. And I think I think I'm so thankful okay. they didn't. I found it. Uh, I just wanted to find the DVOA for their rushing attack, which is, you know, advanced at using blah, 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 and uses the opponent strength as well. They're 16th. So average it's nothing i think they're going to be that worried about i think the run game might end up looking better than we think it should because i think the Bengals are going to sell out to stop the pass like they're not they're not going to worry that they're not going to play this like it's a tights game 
Yeah. And there's no reason to, I would rather, I would rather stop the big plays down the field. And I kind of want to bounce off of this. I I apologize. It wasn't a mailbag question, but do you think they're going to do similar to what we've seen before is double up on Kelsey? Is it going to be Trey flowers? How, how, how are they going to defend him? I would guess Trey flowers on third downs. Uh, That's usually your man coverage down put Trey flowers on him. That's your tight end guy. Probably do something else like jam him up or, you know, let Trey jam him up and have somebody over the top. He's like their only big threat right now. So I think you could see even more stuff for that because they really had to sell out to stop Hill as well in the AFC championship and the other in the week 17, I think game. Um, Yeah. So I would say it's Trey flowers. He just seems to be the guy that they trust still to do the tight end stuff. Dax Hill more playing time. Do you think that's up? And maybe he's on on Travis at times. This is the game where Dax Hill should see the field, right? Because they haven't really played a elite passing offense. They've played some good quarterbacks, but they haven't played an elite passing offense. This is it. Uh, this is the game where if you're getting into dime personnel and even that quarter penny whatever stuff, like Hill's got to see the field, right? And um I think he will. I don't. I don't know how much though. What do you? How many snaps do you think Hill plays? I think he sees the field more than usual. I'm gonna look up what was the most snaps he's played in a game this season because I want to say it's like six. I I definitely think it's up. It's not gonna be anything crazy, but I think Lou is a mad scientist. And oh wow, he played. Oh he, oh right. Um, there was uh, all the corner injuries against Cleveland, so he played 20 snaps that game. Other than that, it is six snaps as his highest. So do you think he plays over yeah. six snaps? 100%, and it's because of Lou. I truly believe Lou is going to get in his bag, and he's going to have to change it up. And the thing is with Kansas City, they don't see a lot of Dax Hill on tape and probably don't expect him to play. Maybe they do. Maybe they do with their coaching staff. I need to give them a little more credit, obviously. And I think that this is the game we see more of him. And and maybe, just maybe, and this is a little bit of a hot take, he has a, a, a takeaway. Oh, wow. Colin. That was, that was really, uh, that was really bold. I think, a- I think my guess is around 10 snaps to a dozen for Dax Hill. And I think they'll use him because Trey Flowers is the tight end guy, but that's in man situations. When they want to play any anything else – third and long, second down, first down, mixed down stuff. And, you know, Casey goes out there and they're 11 personnel and they don't really respect the Kansas City run game as much as they do the passing game. They're going to – they could put Dax out there and it would make more sense because you're probably playing zone coverage or you want to disguise what are we doing. You don't know. So that's more with Dax, whereas if you put Trey Flowers out there, the defense, the offense kind of has a tell of like this is – probably man we saw this twice last year and over 50 percent of the time he was out there it was man coverage so i think i know what we're getting westy 1121 says do you really foresee the chiefs leaving mcduffie one-on-one with jamar chase absolutely not okay because he's a rookie right yeah and no they're not gonna put anybody one-on-one with jamar chase in my opinion like that's nobody's done that like uh, other than like a couple snaps that never happens in a game like when he's doing all this stuff it's usually the falcons i guess did and they paid for it so i don't see that happen they they played the chiefs twice last year and jamar chase killed them in one of those games so no i don't think they ever put mcduffie on him one-on-one on t we could see that i think they're just going to play a ton of cover two type stuff because that's who spagnolo is cover two and palms is what he likes to do and then also blitz a lot 
We saw that. I don't think he's going to blitz a lot though because he got absolutely shredded on that. You can't you can't blitz Joe Burrow. I mean, you could try. You can try. I I actually want to see him do it. And then and Joe gets it off. So we'll go to Colonel. Uh, he says, can can't Cam Taylor Britt improve enough in coverage? Maybe 70% makeup for Cheetah's absence and the playoff run. I won't even say the playoff run, the back half of the season. Back half of the season, can he be 70% of Cheetah? Yeah. Can is a different question than will. Will. Can? Can? Yes. Will? Oh. Depends how highly you think of Cheeto. I think he's really good. Like we always mention top 10, eight corner. I don't know if he can be 70% of that. Can he be a, can he be like 90% of Eli Apple? Yeah. Like, will he? I think so. He could, he will probably be about 90% to maybe even a full Eli Apple level corner out there. I don't see him getting up there to the, to the Cheeto Bay type though. So I think this game, and obviously we're going to get into our next segment. There are great questions. You guys were awesome. A lot of questions defensively when it comes to stopping Patrick Mahomes. Really appreciate them. We'll get back to more of the mailbag next week. Um, but, yeah, I, I I love everything about what we're going to see from Cam Taylor, Britt. But personally, I think, again, I'm on this hot take situation going on. in, in right. Dax Hill's getting a pick or, or a fumble recovery or forced fumble. Not, I think that counts, too. If it's not Dax Hill, because I think this game is all about turnovers, whoever gets the most turnovers or whoever has probably the the last turnover in the game, that's going to be the winner of this game. I think Eli Apple finally gets it. Eli Apple interception. He dropped two of them against Kansas City. Finally gets it. I was going to say, you say Dax Hill. I think Eli Apple's a guy who could come away with a pick. Because Patrick's not afraid to just, just chuck it. We saw it in the AFC Championship game, which was so right. selfish because that just really uh, did not work in his favor. But I, I 100% think that he just takes one down the field. And I know the Chiefs feel better about their wide receiver group. And, you know, whatever. Confidence is a great thing. Do they? Better about it than last year? They feel, they feel that that Patrick Mahomes has but this offense is, is better with the way he's been able to play, not focusing just on Tyreek Hill. That uh, feels like nonsense to me. I feel good about it. I'm hearing Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju's fine. He's he's a pretty good receiver. Uh, they've got a bunch of guys that I'm just like, yeah, sure. Like, I, it makes sense. You're talking about Tyree Kill. I think Tyree Kill has a strong case as the best wide receiver in the league. I don't think you could say our offense is better. Is it game plan better? Is it like what we talk about with the Bengals without Jamar Chase where they're a more functional offense? I think that's That's, more that's a strong case. Do they feel better about the wide receivers and about the offense? I don't I wouldn't. They feel better with how their their offense is okay. working so far this season. They feel like maybe Patrick's not focusing just on Tyreek Hill. Yeah, that, he's makes, not, that makes more sense. That's I should have said that. Maybe not like the no, receiver. that's okay. I that oh, I was like, wow, what a hot take that they're like, yeah, we feel no. better about these wide receivers. We're beefed up now. We've got Juju Smith Schuster and Marquez Valdez Scantling. It's like you got the write-offs of a bunch of other teams they i think yeah i think it's more they just feel better that it's just not all focused on tiger kill um and of course there's travis kelsey on the other side so he's always going to be a threat but great questions as always thank you guys for sending them we'll be back next on it's always game day another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. It is finally time to talk about this game, previews, predictions, what's going to happen. It's round three, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, but they're really not facing off against each other because they're going against defenses. But that's all the talk when we talk about this two, these two matchups. So what's going to happen? Oh, man. I know the behind the scenes thing is we always get the email from James Rapine today saying, get your predictions in. I did. And I opened it up and I hit the reply button and I just haven't written anything. So it's all off the dome right now. I haven't looked at anything. This is a vibes take. This is, I I mean, like I know both these teams pretty well with how often they played last year and watching them as this is the main competitor for the Bengals to get back to the Super Bowl type thing. And obviously I know the Bengals well. Um, this is going to be tough. I, I think this is going to be a high scoring game. I don't think Lou gets the upper hand a third time. We kind of mentioned that. I think both teams score over 30. Uh, the turnovers could be a key. That That is something. And I, But neither quarterback is that big turning the ball over. I know no. Mahomes has thrown it to defenders a few times in these Bengals games, but in general, he does take pretty good care of the football. And Joe Burrow, outside of a Pittsburgh game, has taken very good care of the football. So my first thought is I don't think the Chiefs – I don't know if they get the explosive plays they normally can get with Patrick Mahomes. One, because I don't know if their their personnel isn't the same. And then two, I I don't think the Bengals are going to treat their run game as a serious threat, which I think the run game is going to do fine, but I don't know. I wonder how much much run McKinnon gets because I still think he's their best back. They like that. He's been injured. Is he injured? He's been out of practice. He's been out of practice. Oh, they signed Melvin Gordon. Is he going to yeah. play? He's on the practice squad still, but he's been at practice. But McKinnon's been out every day this week. Wow. I didn't even know. Oh, man. I need to check into your report. Because uh, I think he's their best back. I just don't think they want to use him because he's like 30 years old and they want to find a guy that will be there for the next like three years, not a guy that they're hoping is there next year. Uh, I don't know. It's going to come down to me, in my opinion. I think it comes down to who has the ball last. It's not so much the turnover battle, which could decide the game, but it is like who holds the pen last. Like each one of you gets gets the right, you know, we do this, we do that. I think the offenses are going to have a day, but which offense gets the ball last and gets to write the last touchdown or put the game-winning field goal in there in a tie game or when they're down one or two points. Like that's what I think the game comes down to. Great kicker battle, Evan McPherson versus Harrison Butker. Uh, I'm going to go. I already know where you're going. Wow. I'm going to say oh, Chiefs 34, Bengals 31. I think one of us had to finally go away from the Bengals because we have both picked them for so long. I think it's very tough to beat an uh, opponent of the Chiefs level three times in a row. We kind of mentioned that with the defense. Now it might not perform at the same level. I don't know. I think it has the makings of an exciting game, but one that uh, the Chiefs are able to squeak away with. But who knows? I feel very 50-50. Like, Bengals win? Not shocked. I'm not surprised at all. Like, this feels like a one- 
point game, I just always pick a team to win by a field goal, I think, because of my brain. I'm like, yeah, four touchdowns, two field goals versus four touchdowns, three field goals. So I kind of like that you went the Chiefs. And it's funny you say that because my score is 34 to 31 that I sent to James Rapine before we started recording today. And I do think it's going to be a high scoring off offense uh, on both sides of the ball. I like Cincinnati's defense. I feel like it's underrated even without Cheeto, but it's just the way it's going to go. It's just going to be that way. Uh, these offenses are, are explosive. You have two of the top quarterbacks in the AFC and yes, Patrick Mahomes is the best right now. And Joe Burrow is right up there. Uh, I think that I keep hearing the chiefs remember this game and that doesn't mean Cincinnati's not going to show up in it. I like the wide receiver group. I truly do. Joe Burrow out there and look, it's hard to beat a team three times. It truly, truly is, but Joe Burrow's done it. And I know it's different when you look at the, the chiefs compared to other teams. I, 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 I am, I am so 50, 50 on it because I've thought of different scenarios where Cincinnati loses and then where they win. And for some reason, as you were giving your prediction, I had the game that they played at home and you brought it up. You talked about the kicking battle and everything like that. And I remember Zach Taylor taking six minutes and 20 seconds off the clock on that final drive for a reason, because you did not want the ball in Patrick Mahomes hand. Mm -hmm. And Zach was going for the touchdown. And in my head, I just wanted him to kick the field goal because I wanted the lead. And he kept going for the touchdown and they were running clock off, running clock off, running clock off. And, and the Chiefs would not stop getting penalties. They went, and that was amazing. That was amazing. And there was a lot of penalty talk this week, but that's not why the Cincinnati Bengals won. But Zach Taylor kept going for the touchdown because he knew we have to get a touchdown to win this game. We can't give the ball back to him. He's going to run down the field and, and score the game winner. And I thought the coaching was awesome, even though they did have to kick the field goal at the end because it was smart. Time was expiring. I, I do. I think Cincinnati, they find a way, but man, it does get scary if they see each other get in the playoffs because I don't know if you can beat a team four times in a row. So maybe there's <laughs> benefits to if you do fall in regular season that you, 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 you get that payback in the playoffs again. And it happens in the playoffs again, because it just feels like these two teams will meet again later this year. Um, I'm hoping it's a great game. I truly am. I don't want it to go lopsided or anything like that, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a Homer pick right now. I am taking the Cincinnati Bengals in at 34, 31, go to eight and four, you get the Cleveland Browns coming to town and you finally just turn that curse around. Just how I'm so did you think I was going uh, Chiefs when I did that whole talk? Yeah, 100%. You, yeah, I knew exactly I where you were going. You, you were talking about Lou wasn't going to have the upper hand in this one, and I was like, but you said it in a nice around. way. But it, it's – I don't think Steve Spagnuolo is going to be – what a battle of Italian legends too. Steve Spagnuolo and Lou Anarumo. Those are two Lou's that – they could be – that could be a street fight on Arthur Avenue in the Bronx, you know? You know, I love it. I love – I want to hear both of them talk. But the thing is – I loved that Lou was getting his credit today um, on NFL live. It was actually yesterday afternoon. NFL live did a segment on Lou and he's somebody, of course, it's an offensive league. So all we hear about is offensive coordinators. And when the offseason gets here, we are going to just hear the offensive playmakers, the coordinators, the quarterback coaches on other teams that will get those head coaching interviews. Um, but man, I, I trust him. I really do. And if he can stop Lou, if, if Lou can stop Patrick again, for the third time we joked about it, but every, the Broncos, the Chargers going to be calling and they're going to be like, all right, we know we spent a lot of money in free agency these last two years to stop the Kansas city chiefs, but we need the head coach. And this guy knows how to stop them, stop him. So, so come on up. 
So come up and interview with us. Cause I think two of those head coaches are going to be gone this off season. Just my hot take. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can't wait for this battle. It's going to be so awesome. It's at home, the home atmosphere. I don't know if that means anything. They are three and one. They lost the opener against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They play well at home. It's a different vibe when you're playing there, but Kansas city, I mean, look, they played arrowhead. It's not, I don't think that that factors in too much to the away team, but, um, but I don't know. I'm just feeling, I'm feeling the vibes at 425 kickoff, pretty much prime time. The whole United States is going to be watching this game. And uh, I don't know. I just like Joe Burrow in it. I think Joe Burrow does well. I think the Bengals do well, at least on offense. I just, oh man. I think Andy Reid, they've had this game circled. It is Andy Reid. It's Patrick Mahomes. And I think the Bengals, I think the Bengals are awesome. But it's just so hard to beat a team three times in a row like that when they're the level of the Chiefs. Like, you don't see too many teams when you think back. Like, you didn't see – I don't know. I was going to use the example of the Patriots and Colts. I was like, the Patriots won a lot of those matchups, huh? (laughs) Patriots and the Jets. And I'm like, well, they have their number. Um, That's like 20 times there or something. I don't know what's going on there. I, I mean, I just, and, it, and it's a, it's a total homer pick. It's the vibe pick. It's the excitement for this game. I mean, imagine the conversation if Cincinnati won that game of what you would say, you would say they're the top team in the AFC. No offense to the bills. We, no. I agree. I, yeah, I think, I think you would probably, yeah, you'd have the conversation Are the Bengals, the best team in the AFC, and they might not even be winning their division in that moment because yeah. if the Ravens just take care of business against the helpless Broncos team, then they're still going to be in the lead. But one thing neither of us have mentioned this matchup uh, today is I think a lot of this game is actually going to be a little, I think a lot of the Bengals defense might come down to the safety play. And if both those safeties, I'm not talking just Jesse Bates, every, all the pressure is on him. Because I don't think, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think it'll all be on him. I think both the safeties. When you think back on the past two games, the biggest play, in my opinion, of each game on defense came from the safeties. You had the Jesse Bates SWAT to Von Bell pick that ended the Chiefs' drive in overtime, and then the other game. I think back to that end of half play where Von Bell breaks up the pass to Tyreek Hill. So they this team is gonna stress you vertically. They're gonna push the ball down the field. Can you step up as the safety is the last line of defense? Are you able to stop it? And I think that is one thing about this game I haven't seen a ton of talk about. I think that is huge is how good can the Bengals safeties play? Because if they play really, really well, even if they just force late turnovers, like the, the Chiefs still score 31, but they force a late turnover or something like that. They just they stop a huge play so it doesn't get to 37 or 38. I think that could be big. I think that I think that might be the biggest battle of the game like getting pressure on Mahomes is one thing yeah Trey Hendrickson got the better of Orlando Brown um in their last matchup but I don't even know if the Bengals care that much about getting pressure on him because they were oh. dropping they were dropping that and they're dropping like Sam Hubbard into coverage as a spy a whole bunch and letting him late rush to get his sack or to get pressure you know that that's fun I wonder if they're gonna still do that but I think back and I'm just like okay can the safeties make a big play? Can they stop a big play? I would feel extra confident in my decision if Cheeto was out there. I really would. If yeah, Cheeto was too. out there, I would be like, I, I feel I feel good about it. Like I'm like, they're gonna win. I'm so I mean, I won't be surprised if they lose this game at all. Like it's not like like, oh, you know, 
they're they're still not a good team. I I still think they're going to be a good team this year. I still I still like the Bengals offense and the defense. Um, if they do drop this game to the Chiefs, but it's just I don't know. I think I'm riding with the home dogs right now in this one, and I think it would be insane if they beat them for the third time too. I mean, you would have, I mean, it would just, everyone would lead with it. You would have to talk about it. And it's crazy because it is a great weekend of football because you get the Niners and, and the Dolphins. And if the Dolphins lose to the Niners, you start talking crazy talk with the seeding. The funny thing is Cincinnati would only be in the fifth seed if the Ravens won. So like they wouldn't jump too much in the playoff seeding. So I don't know. That's just what I feel when it comes to this game. I think, it's going to be a crazy fun day when you think of Cincinnati and, and what this is going to be like. Cause it does feel like the playoffs. I truly felt like all this week. I'm like, man, this feels like a playoff game. This feels like a playoff game, but we get so much football left after this game. Cause you get the Browns coming to town and then everybody knows the rest of the schedule. So, so that's where you're going. That's what you're rolling right now. Are you going to change your mind on this podcast? No, I don't think so. I, I think I'm going to go chiefs here. I just, yeah. I, I have talked myself. I know it's a 50 50 to me. I just think, I think it's a little bit of emotional hedging, of course, to just be like, yeah, I think the Chiefs yeah. win. And if they win, I get to go, like, all right, That's well, right. we saw this coming. I, I predicted this. And if they lose, I don't care. <laughs> well, it's funny because I, um, I, no, I 100% agree with you. And I told someone, I said, I'm seven and four on my Bengals picks this year. And so they were like, so you picked the Bengals to win every time. I'm like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. I saw all of you guys. I want to. I want to. During the playoff run, everybody just kept picking the Bengals to win every game because nobody cared. It's like you lose one more game, yep. who cares? But it's like I want to be the guy that I want to keep. You know, I, I did. I kept picking them. I picked the them the Chiefs game. I picked. Them I, I picked them to beat the Raiders, and I picked them to lose every game after that. And I felt like it was like, uh, well, I gotta keep doing that. It's funny you say that because I listen, one of the podcasts, one of my favorite podcasts I listen to is Hear the Podcast Growling uh, with Paul Diener and Jay Morrison. And they rarely pick Cincinnati in it. And I love it because it never really matters. What are they, four and seven? They're not, but they they (laughs) picked the Titans to win last week. Both of them did. And I'll I'll obviously listen to their podcast later this week and hear what they decided for this game. But um, I kind of like it because it doesn't matter. Like you said, it doesn't matter. You could be wrong about this. Nobody has a jinx. Um, I like I picked Cincinnati the whole entire way, all the way to the Super Bowl. I picked them in the Super Bowl game, and everyone knows. No, everybody picked the Bengals in the Super Bowl except me. That's when I knew you guys were all just doing the bit. That's when I knew that you guys were all just gonna pick, keep picking the Bengals. <laughs> it's like, come on, this isn't like a seven to one c- scenario of the Bengals are gonna win the Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, if someone would have told me back in December of last year that this team was going to the Super Bowl, I would have been like, you're lying, uh, especially after dropping that Chargers game at home. That's what I was going to say. The Chargers game, it was. I feel like the talk was like, this team's not ready. They're, they're Seven not going to make the playoff. And they really did have to go on a I run. Think, even when the playoffs started, what, what were you thinking? Because in my mind, I was, I hope we win a playoff game. It was not, I hope we go to the Super Bowl. I had a total, I, I grew up with this team. Like it's, it's always been this team. This is my team. This is my number one team. This is who, this is who I root for. But I will say this was my mindset in the Raiders game. It was a different vibe the night before the playoff game, the vibe in Cincinnati just felt like it was going to change the next day. But I will say in my mind, and I feel like few Bengals fans had this mindset when they were going down the field, when the Raiders were going down the field to uh, try and tie the game up, I thought that they were going to score a touchdown and go for two and win the game 
because that's my that's how I'm I'm conditioned with how Bengals outcomes are in the playoffs that I thought because they were they were so close to just him leaning back catching the ball and leaning back into the end zone that I thought that's what they're gonna do and this is how they're gonna lose but they didn't and it really at the end of the day never really felt close when Derek Carr threw that ball that Joe Burrow also made that same throw the insane throw. And Joe Burrow gets all the praise because he did it and won the game. But Derek Carr made the same throw. And I was like, are they – is this going to happen? I've never seen Derek Carr make that throw. Yeah. Maybe I don't watch enough Derek Carr, but I was like, I've never seen him do that. And I was like, is this really happening? And but, then, I, but, I, but I didn't I didn't think that they would go all the way, 100%. Yeah. I, I thought it would be one playoff game and, and maybe lose against Tennessee. Um, I thought they were losing against Tennessee. Yeah, I didn't think it was going to be a blowout, but I thought like – Oh man, like that's hard to go to the number one seed, go on the road, win that game. And they did it. But uh, ooh, uh, one last thing is just the quick anecdote of me in that wild card round was on that goal line drive. I was on the ground. Uh, I was on the floor of my house, just like, just like laying on the floor watching like that. I, was like, I couldn't stand what was going on. Then Jermaine Pratt got the interception. I started screaming. I definitely closed my eyes. And it's happening right in front of me. And I closed eyes my were, eyes. Eyes were open. I didn't want to be. I was laying on the ground watching the game. Just like I was exhausted yeah. as a fan. I was just like, I'm spent emotionally. Please win. And I'll, I'll make this quick because we already over time. But um, but yeah, it. what was wild about all of it when it was over, when Jermaine caught the ball, it took everybody in the stadium like a total of maybe three to four seconds to realize it was finally, finally over. Cause we were like waiting for something to say it wasn't over. And there was like a flag or something that we like all looked at each other and we're like, wait, is it really over? Did they do Did it? Did you wait until like the, the, after the play clock expired because didn't, didn't they have to go back out there and run a player? No, they did. Um, they did. It, they said awesome. Cincinnati. It's now Cincinnati's ball, first and ten. And um, I think I would have been holding my breath through that. Uh, that they didn't pull a Josh Allen uh, Bills against the Vikings, where the ball gets fumbled and the Raiders recover in the end zone or something. You could hear the as soon as the announcer said for the first time in 31 years, the Cincinnati Bengals won a playoff game, and then they played their music and stuff like that. I was like, wait, it's really over, and we all just like started hugging strangers. Um, but yeah, that was, that year was so special. And honestly, it's crazy because people are starting to talk about Cincinnati. If they win this game, they're like a Super Bowl contender. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm not ready for that. It's oh, you know, what's crazy to me is like, people are saying like, you know, the Bengals are an AFC contender. It's like, they have been, I, I you know, this is I the know. same team. Come on. But it still makes me nervous talking about that conversation because that is hard, hard to get back. Oh, sure. Um, There's a lot of luck too. Yeah. We've talked um, a lot about it. It's just. You, you hope that they can hit the right buttons at the right time and get a few good bounces. It's not like they waited. To, they had a lucky fraud Super Bowl run. I'm saying that yeah. every team that, you know, Matt Stafford had the interception dropped by Jaquiski Tart. You've got uh, the Bucks were the healthiest team in the league when they won. The Chiefs, they they didn't. You know, Jimmy threw that ball deep. And uh, was it who was it? Was it Emmanuel Sanders dropped the touchdown? Yeah. It, yeah. It's like every one of these teams gets a lucky break to win the Super Bowl. It's not, I'm not meaning that in a derogatory way. I mean that like this, you need a couple lucky breaks. Like th that's just what happened. You think back to the Chiefs game and Burrow even had a uh, pick that got dropped on the sideline on a play. I was like, did he try to throw that away? What happened? And then, yeah, as Nick mentions, cause Steelers fan and whatever, <laughs> big Ben tackling the Colts returner on the bet is fumble. That's huge. Like, 
Nobody expected that. Like Bettis fumbles, the Colts are returning that ball like for a touchdown, and their quarterback is able to make the stop and not get injured. I always think of that with Andy Dalton. And <laughs> I I just saw it the other day, and I sat there and stared at it for a little while, and I know we have to wrap soon, but it's a gift, Jamar Chase being open and beating Ramsey at the end when he's wide open and Ramsey. Yeah, falls Rams are lucky that, you know, that the Bengals couldn't hold up for a third of a second more. Because if that ball just gets out there, like it did, it did not have to be an accurate pass. Like that just had to be out there. He was there on an island all by himself, and it's a gif on Twitter. And I don't recommend ever looking at it again, but it's right there. Um, So yeah, you're right. There's there there's talent. You get that tiny bit of bounce your way. Uh, Just one or two lucky bounces. Just one or two bounces that go. Oh, we shouldn't have gotten that. You know, like uh, I don't know. I think back. The Bengals, when you had like the drop pick, I think it was Nick Bolton on the sideline. He didn't pick that ball off. You've got Jesse Bates. There's a chance he swats that ball down. It hits Von Bell and then goes in the Tyree Kill's hands or something. You know, like something or crazy. Pass interference. Or, or pass something. interference is called that what that wasn't there. You know, like there, there's just and it know. wasn't pass interference, but you know that they could have just been like, oh, there's too many people there. Let's let's call it. Um, so and yeah, flag no. on Logan Wilson. <laughs> I never, I, I forever hate NFL officiating, and that is why. Um, all right, we move on. Exciting game. I really can't wait. Well, we'll talk about it on Sunday to recap a win or a loss going forward when uh, they face the Kansas City Chiefs. Can't wait. Four twenty-five kickoff. What's up? What's over on um, all Bengals? I did a T Higgins article over the past four games. I think he's playing He was playing at an all pro level and we should respect him as a good wide receiver one. And uh, James Rapine actually mentioned to me, he's like, that article is probably going to be used a lot when it comes time to negotiate the contract. And I'm like, not in the favor of what I think some Bengals fans have put out there because I saw somebody say, yeah, you give him the Christian Kirk contract. It's like, no. He's going to get more than that. <laughs> well, everyone just needs to remember, we need to remember, we need to enjoy the rest of this year and next year um, <laughs> with T. With Higgins before, uh, before, we don't know. We don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, don't forget about T. Higgins. If you need a reminder, go watch the AFC Championship game in the fourth quarter, the final drive, and, and a lot of moments in that game. Uh, can't watch wait the for the Super Bowl. The Super Oh, oh my gosh. T. Higgins touchdown. I go, oh, man, why are you doing this to me? Uh, every time there's a highlight, I've never watched the Super Bowl in full. I just can't. Okay. But every time there's that highlight of of watching kind of the intro of T. Higgins running with that touchdown, even though people said it was flagged, I don't care it wasn't. Um, Only flag if it's called. Yeah, didn't get called. Sorry. They let them they let them play the whole game until the end. All right, we need to close this podcast. I agree with that. That, that is that is my issue with the Logan Wilson. I was like, you can call that, not in this game. But if you were calling that all game, yeah, sure. But they let Ramsey get away with one earlier, like the same thing. Whatever. Let's not continue this. Anyway, there's a T. Higgins article. That's, that's the point. <laughs> I, I'm going to try and forget about that. All right, we're moving forward. Check it out. All Bengals. T. Higgins, a number one receiver. Bengals underscore stands at LNDS Patterson. Thank you, as always, for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.